Hello. Good good morning and, and thanks for checking in at Calamo. You know, I'm I'm super excited about this this process we've been doing while on vacation. Um, this uh, this live streaming and uh, so we are in the, the sixth week of a series on the life of the Apostle Paul and as we've gone through this it's, it has it really struck me how there's no one other than Jesus who has had such a huge impact on the Christian faith and we're basing this time on the Adam Hamilton uh, study or book uh, The Call in and, and live stream's kind of new for us, uh, so I so hope you like it, and, uh, and, and, and I hope and pray that you find something interesting and meaningful in this time. And, and so, if you have any comments, we'd sure appreciate some feedback, good, bad, uh, or indifferent, whatever. And if you'd like more information on this, on this message today, um, it, the message is so big that we can only kind of touch on parts of it. Um, so you can call or text me at 517-588-8415 or you can uh, reach out using the Calmo connection card at calmochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calamo. Um, and if you would like more information about Calamo, you can go to our website, which is calmochurch.org or you can always check out our Facebook page, which is at Calmo1953. Now today we're covering the sixth chapter, or the final chapter, of Adam Hamilton's book titled Called to be Faithful, and, and it kind of wraps up everything Adam Hamilton wanted to, to cover in his book. Now, I think we need to handle this chapter a little bit different than the others because there is so much when you, when you pull together all the facets of Paul's life. I mean, it's just huge. And in, it just seemed to me like Adam Hamilton packed way too much material in, in this one chapter uh, to do just a, a quickie summary. Because there is a lot of deep theological content to this. So we're just going to touch on one aspect of this chapter uh, today, and I think next week we'll probably cover another topic. Um, because, you know, Paul's life is not only an interesting story, but but it, it also helps us understand how God's call can, can change a person's life. And, and it gives us an example of how we can uh, respond to God's uh, call on our lives. And the other neat part about Paul is he was human. Um, and he made mistakes and, you know, he, he had his faults. And, and so it helps us see how other, another human being struggled and had faults and yet still managed to serve God in an effective way. And again, if you'd like to learn any more about this chapter or anything else, just please please feel free to reach out. Um, now, this chapter covers the time from Paul's return from his third missionary journey. And that one took uh, several years to complete. Um, um, and so it covers the time from that return and up to Paul's death, and and Adam Adam Hamilton throws out some some uh, possibilities. Like th it almost sounds like there was a fourth missionary journey. If you look through all the ancient um, uh, texts, that there there might be uh, an, another trip somewhere in there, but it's not recorded in 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 the Book of Acts or in Paul's letters that are that are in our Bible anyway. Um, 
but there's a lot of things he did during this time uh, to kind of wrap up his his ministries with the churches. Um, and so when Paul returned from his third missionary journey, now remember that was the one where he was out for, I don't know, two, three, four years uh, talking to all these other churches. And he was really excited to go back to the uh, the, the mothership, the, the, the home church in Jerusalem. And he wanted to share with them the good news of his converts of non-Jewish people uh, to Christianity. Now, just to give you some kind of idea on, on the timeline of this, Paul's conversion happened around uh, AD 35, 35 years after the birth of Christ. And Paul was someplace around 30, you know, and, and when Paul was converted on road to Damascus and he was so excited and, he, and, and the first time he went to the church leaders at Jerusalem, um, he was known throughout the empire as a Christian persecutor. And so those church leaders said, oh no, we don't trust this guy, right? And, and Paul himself was, I, I don't know, let's say he was like a kid in a candy store, you know, he. He was excited, he was on fire for Christ, but he really didn't know where to go with it all, right? Um, but now we're 20, 25 years later, and at this point, Paul is an accomplished church planner, evangelist. He's traveled thousands of miles. He's been beaten and imprisoned many times. And quite frankly, he's done things that, that no other Christ follower has even come close to doing. And so now he's approaching these church leaders at Jerusalem with confidence, you know, you know he's excited. <sighs> but unfortunately, Paul's return to the, to the home church was not the celebration that, that Paul had anticipated. They kind of viewed him with suspicion, but for a different reason this time. The, the, the church leaders at Jerusalem had strong disagreements about Paul's teaching to the non-Jews, right? Um, so let's look at this. Uh, the, the church leaders in Jerusalem were Christ followers. They were, they were passionate for Jesus, but they were also Jews, and they held on to their Jewish traditions. The Bible says they were jealous in, in, in their uh, uh, view of the law. In other words, they were very proud of the law of Moses, and they thought it was very, very important, okay? Um, and, and so that influenced how they viewed Jesus and, and the gospel of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and, and his message. And, and so they saw Jesus as the fulfillment of the laws of Moses, um, kind of like he capped them off, so to speak. Now, just to give you a, a point of reference, the, the laws of Moses include the Ten Commandments, but there's another 650 rules and regulations of things you should do. Do this, do this, don't do that, don't do that. And under the law, you were saved when you followed all those rules and regulations. And so it's not humanly possible, right? Um, now, Paul saw Jesus and, and his message as a new covenant. Right, a new agreement between man and God. No longer did man have to follow all these rules and regulations to be saved. Now, they they just needed to have faith in Jesus and and follow Jesus. 
And so Paul saw that new agreement as a as a superseded agreement, right? Uh, Adam Hamilton uses the example of a mortgage. If you refinance your house and you have a new mortgage, that is a covenant, right? And so now under the terms, the new terms of the the terms of the new mortgage, the the old terms no longer apply. And so Paul Paul kind of saw Jesus in that light not contradicting the law but the focus is on Jesus not all the rules and regulations and it give you an example one example that Adam Hamilton uh, calls out is in the Jewish tradition uh, to to be a a Jew uh, men needed to be circumcised now that wasn't the case in the non-Jewish community right so when Paul was reaching out to the non-Jews, there was no need in his mind for those men to be circumcised, to be Christ followers. It was only a barrier. It was only something that would hold people back, and it had no real meaning uh, under the new covenant. Um, and since salvation was not no longer through following this rigid set of rules, but in believing in Jesus, he felt like, no, that's that's not the important thing. It, it, it's important to some people, but it's not important to others. And so this today I'd like to, to share um, three three thoughts uh, with you on on this aspect of Paul, the Apostle Paul, and that is the idea of looking through a different lens, those having passionate beliefs, and changing times. So first, the different lens. You know, the the church leaders in Jerusalem saw Jesus through the lens of their Jewish tradition. Um, They were jealous for the law. Um, They were very passionate in their love for Jesus, and they were Christ followers. But in their mind, to be a Christ follower, you, you had to you, you had to fulfill the law or strive to fulfill the law. And they, they could point to passages in Scripture that prove their point. Yes, Scripture says, yes, uh, Jesus came not to overcome the law, but to fulfill the law, right? And so they loved Jesus with a passion, and they wanted everybody to love Jesus in that same way. Now, Paul was also a Jew, but he had this unique personal relationship with Jesus that started with that uh, that incident on the road to Damascus where Jesus, quite frankly, knocked him to his feet, uh, got his attention. Um, so in his lifetime, Paul had sacrificed much in service to Jesus. He was passionate in his desire and his love for Jesus, and he was passionate about his efforts to relate Jesus to the non-Jewish people so that they might also love and follow Jesus, that they also might be in the kingdom of God and be saved. And so Paul looked at passages in Scripture that help him relate Jesus to the non-Jews. He, he was looking for those nuggets of, of wisdom, those nuggets of, of uh, truth about God that were, would be meaningful to, to non-Jewish people. Um, and so for the non-Jews, the Jewish traditions really didn't seem to be that meaningful to help them understand the message of Jesus. That is, caring for your neighbor, loving your neighbor, and loving God, and, and sharing the good news. Um, so when Paul returned to Jerusalem, after that's how he had been related to all the, the non-Jews, if you will, 
Here we have two distinctly different points of view, right? Both of them could point to scripture, both of them were right, but yet neither was the neither position was the total understanding of Jesus and of God. Now, in my understanding of God, I, I see God as being bigger than our ability to fully understand Him. And so in that case, it would make sense that different people see God and see Jesus uh, through different eyes, through different perspectives, uh, through different lens, right? It doesn't mean that one is right and the other is wrong. It, it, it means that we need to focus on the mission that Jesus calls us to do, to love one another, to care for one another, and to share the good news. And we all may have different ways of, of doing this. And so let's consider these reflection questions. Now, now just for a moment, think about someone you respect. You know, someone that you think is pretty sharp or, or pretty solid person, but they have opinions different than your own. How do you feel about their viewpoint? You know, is it valid? Is there logic and meaning behind it? Or do you just toss it out because it's different than your own? Well, I think most of us have good friends that we don't agree with, but okay, that's the way you see it. Now, how about your feelings about God compared to how other people see God? Do you, you feel that same way? That's, all right, the, the next thing I'd like to talk about is passionate beliefs. Um, and Adam Hamilton makes, I think, makes a, a very, uh, a very strong point of this. You know, many people are very passionate about their love for Jesus, and they have very deeply held convictions. They're very, very strong in their opinions about Jesus, and they truly want everyone to be as passionate and convinced as they are of the the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. But unfortunately, sometimes this. This, this um, translates in, in, into their desire to want us, for others to see Jesus in exactly the same way, right? And so now we have very passionate people with different opinions, and, 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 and they may act in ways that are not consistent with Jesus' teachings, those teachings of loving neighbor and caring for others. So instead of working together through our differences, the result can be conflict, strong disagreements, even violence. Um, and there's many cases throughout history where there was violence. And in our study of Paul, uh, when he went, was at that uh, meeting with those church leaders, there, there, was, there was some, uh, some people that wanted to take him out and stone him. Um, and so this is true it was as true then as it is true today that um, that when we have very passionate feelings about Jesus, we kind of need to stay focused on the central meaning and message of Jesus. And so now let's let's consider this discussion question. Again, think about somebody who has that you respect and but that has different opinions and they feel very strongly about them. Um, politics might be a case, right? And then how do you still maintain a good relationship with that person and yet have that difference, passionate difference of opinion? Just think about that for a moment. And the last thing I wanted to talk about today was changing times. You know, 
God reached out to Abraham roughly 2,000 years before Christ. Moses led the Hebrews out of Egypt roughly eh, 1,200 years before Christ. And now today we're about 2,000 years after at least the birth of Christ. So in that span of 4,000 years, people have changed, right? Now God is constant. God's love is constant. I, I firmly believe that. But people change, and so how we see God changes. So society today is different than the society 2,000 years ago in biblical times. Society today is different than 50 years ago, for heaven's sakes. So when we look at what Paul did, Paul took the essence of the message of Jesus Christ, the core, the nuggets, the essential truths, and found ways to relate Jesus to the non-Jewish peoples, to help them relate to Jesus, and to help them find their Lord and Savior in Jesus. Um, and so if we look at this, Paul's return to Jerusalem, right? The church leaders in Jerusalem were relating to Jesus in a culture that was of a different time frame, right? The, the, the law of Moses, right? That's 1,200 years earlier. Um, so they were look, seeing Jesus, I'll say, in, in kind of like an older time frame, if you will. Um, the non-Jews that Paul was reaching out to did not have a previous history with God. And so they were of a newer time frame. And so there was a difference in, in what was going on. And I think we can learn something about that in, in today's church. Because when we look at today, those people have been uh, faithful church goers for years, are deeply committed to their traditions, how church has been for them for over the many, many years. And they want to hold on to that which is dear and important to them, things that give them a sense of comfort and security. Yet, there are still people that need to hear of the good news of Jesus that are not of the tradition of uh, attending church, right? Um, they, they, they don't have that background. And so as we try to relate Jesus to those people, we also need to find new ways to take those nuggets, that, that core of Jesus, and relate to new people in a way that resonates with them. And that's a little bit one way of saying that, that, that the church, which is a group of people, it's not the building, it's the people, needs to evolve with society. Not because God's changing, because we're going to be seeing God through a different lens. The same nuggets, the same gold, I think of them gold nuggets, the same gold nuggets of God's truth in Jesus Christ, but we just need to see different ways to relate to people just the way Paul took his message, his, his messages relating to the non-Jewish people and looked at them in different way, in, in related to the non-Jews in a different way. So for our final reflection questions today, think about your childhood, you know, and can you think of anything that, that, that you did back in your childhood that makes no sense today's in my case, I'm thinking, you know, things like eh, party line phones or rabbit ears on your TV or, 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 or mailing a letter in the mail. Um, and then just think about that and then think about today, right? Do you see any new approaches today that make a lot more sense 
in today's society than than those. And, and I'm thinking of things like cell phones or microwaves, um, internet. Oh my goodness, the list goes on. So just think about the way things were and the fact that we need to change because things are different now. And then relate that to the church. Well, I hope that you've you found this brief summary of this aspect of Paul's uh, Paul's life to be helpful. You know, if you'd like uh, more information, please reach out. Uh, you can put a if this is during the live stream, you can put a, a comment in the chat box. Uh, you can uh, call or text me at 517-588-8415. You can use the Calmo connection card at calmochurch.org forward slash connect dash with dash Calmo. Let us know what you think. Um, if you got any questions you want to talk. And now <clears throat> let us close with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for those nuggets of wisdom, those nuggets of truth that that are all about God's love for his people and how we are to be your people. And Lord, we pray that you reveal the awesome power and presence of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Companion in our hearts so that we can be the people you want us to be. We pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I'm your neighbor, Jerry. Pastor Calmo, have a great day, have a great week, and bye for now.